God, thank you to be able to come together as men here. It's great to uh, just uh, be able to come to, to midweek with our wives and kids, but also just to pull off as the guys here for a minute. Thanks to have the young men with us, God, the teens and the junior high men. And uh, Father, look forward to them uh, becoming disciples someday or, or, or staying disciples and having their own families. And just, Father, that this, this kingdom uh, that we can pass on, uh, the, the, the things that you've, we've learned, we can pass on to the next generation. And God bless our time right now in your word. Uh, Father, may it be productive. May we each gain something and grow from our time in the word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, uh, Steve asked me if I would talk, uh, do, the, do the midweek talk tonight since he is uh, recuperating. And uh, we, I know we've been praying for him, but it's great to see him here. And uh, probably a little bit medic- medicated, but, uh, but here, not, not too bad. All right. Well, Amen. Uh, but we're going to be talking about uh, practicals of home improvement. You guys remember the show from the 90s, Home Improvement, kind of a guy type show. Uh, we're going to talk about this from a spiritual perspective. Uh, you know, when it comes to home ownership or apartment living or wherever it is, you know, wherever it is that you live, uh, nothing ever just stays nice, does it? You know, it's for some reason this. I mean, I, I spent hours cleaning the whole house just a few days ago, you know, cleaning all upstairs and doing all the dishes and everything looked great. And I like you would never know right now, you know, <laughs> two days later. I mean, the, the dishes are piled up. It's just a mess. It's just like, man, I just wish it would stay, you know, clean. And uh, there's so many projects around my house to do. You know, everywhere I look, there's some unfinished project or chip paint here or, uh, you know, these poles that came off the cupboards that I need to fix or I need to restain that or, need, to, you know, what I'm saying and that's just the joys of home ownership, you know, they just never, never get done. And there's a lot that goes into just maintaining, uh, much less improving. You know, it's a lot of work just to even maintain status quo when it comes to your place. Um, but uh, but we're going to talk about not just maintaining, but improving. We, we want improvement when it comes to our spiritual lives. I want to show a scripture here. First Timothy three twelve. You can turn over there. We're going to be spending uh, most of our time in this passage. 1 Timothy 3, verse 12. It says, A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Uh, what, what does the word deacon mean? Who knows what that means? What's that? Servant? Yes. The word deacon is actually just a standard ancient Greek word. And it means uh, the word is uh, diakonos, and it means one who executes the commands uh, of another, especially of a master, a servant, an attendant, a minister, the servant of a king, a waiter, one who serves food and drink. So there was an office of deacon in the church, but really it it means a servant. So the reason I bring that up is because I feel like this list of qualifications you see here in First Timothy, First Timothy, Paul gives the. Requirements of an overseer or an elder and, 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 and what an elder should be like temperate and, and worthy of respect and, and, uh, and, and, and able to teach. And uh, the, 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 there's not that many people that are going to be overseers or elders in the church. But you know what? I think we all should aspire to, to this role, to, to be a servant. I mean, everybody can serve, whether it's an official, you know, quote unquote, title deacon or not. It, it, it's a servant role. All of us need to serve in one way or another in the church. And so I think that th- this list of qualifications for a deacon, if you're a man, even if you're a teen, even if you're a junior high student here tonight, 
This is what you should aspire to in the church, because, uh, you know, we have in Jesus's ministry, we have a three year window into his ministry. But Jesus didn't have kids and his uh, we don't have an indication his apostles had kids and, and, and they, they had a very effective ministry. But we don't really see the picture of, OK, what is what am I supposed to be like now that I have kids and I have a home and I have responsibilities? What does that look like to be a Christian in that arena? Does that make sense? Because you can't always relate to, you know, the Apostle Paul traveling around planting churches. Or, I mean, we all need to have that heart. But I, I like looking at, the, at these scriptures because it helps me in my station in life. OK, I've got three kids. What do I need to be like? And, and so this is I hope even that you would kind of think, OK, this is what I want to be. I want to be like this. I want to be like the deacon. And so uh, according to this passage, a deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. And we're going to look a little bit more at this passage in a minute. But according to this passage, God cares about home management. God cares a lot about the condition of our home, about our wife, our, our marriage, about our, our kids, our parenting. He cares about stewardship. There's so many stories Jesus told about uh, a, a master who left his servant in charge of his house and he goes away. And, and then what does the servant do while the master is gone? And that that's kind of who we are. We've got we've got the, these responsibilities that God has given us. And, and how are we going to treat those responsibilities? And, and what are we going to? What are we going to do with the responsibilities God's given us Um, for this this uh, Christmas holiday that just passed uh, a few months ago? I decided to undertake a uh, home improvement project and uh, we've been in our house about eight years. and I've been gradually kind of trying to improve different areas of the house. And so for for my wife's Christmas present, I decided to demo a bathroom and, 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 and redo a bathroom. So here's a little bit of a video. My kids helped out a little bit. This is my daughter, Cora, helping me. <laughs> That's quite an outfit. You can tell she's pretty effective on the demoing there. <laughs> look at me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, look, look at how she's dressed. You can't quite see it, but she's wearing Heelys. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to wear Heelys. Here's Jameson. He was a little more effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, he, was, he was getting into it. And then, of course, Marshall had to had to help out. So here's Marshall doing his part. That's the part they enjoyed the most was the demo part of the home improvement. (laughs) But when it comes to uh, to improvement, uh, you know, there's there's things that we do to maintain uh, and there's things that we do to improve. Uh, What we can't do as disciples is just just crisis management. And I think a lot of us operate as managers of our households as just that. We just manage crises. You know, when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our kids, it's kind of like we sort of coast along and then if an issue comes up, okay, we deal with that. But I don't think we're enough actively uh, trying to improve, trying to grow, trying to let's get better, let's get better, let's get better. You know what I'm saying? I think we can tend to just sort of respond to crises that come our way because Life throws us a lot of crises, but that's not what we do with our cars. That's not what we do with our homes. I mean, can you imagine if your your plan for your car was just I'll, I'll just I'll just deal with my car if, if it breaks down. You know, I won't put any oil into it until it stops working or I won't ever get a checkup or I won't ever get, you know, things topped off or things checked. You know, your, your car would not last long because it costs a lot more to repair it after uh, you've run it dry of oil than to just keep maintaining it and keep it. 
So, so we've got to look at our spirituality like that. Like, what can I do to maintain? What can I do to improve uh, spirituality? Because I know you're here because you love God and you and you love your, your wife and you love your kids. And, and, you know, and I applaud you for that. There are a lot of men out there that that aren't willing to 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 take responsibility. I mean, there are a lot of men out there. It's become even a cliche in, in the movies nowadays where, uh, you know, the, the, the guy who's sleeping with the girl and not willing, doesn't want a commitment, doesn't want to get married because they're they're already being immoral. And so why get married? Right. I mean, that's and that's kind of the world is, is just people don't guys don't want to be responsible. They don't want to, to, to take ownership. They don't want to, to be held responsible for things. You guys are here because you want to be responsible, because you want to. Uh, uh, you're, you're, you're men of honor, you're men of courage, you're men of God. And I applaud you for that. But I want to talk a little bit practically about how do we uh, how do we continue to improve in these areas? Uh, I want to show a, a scripture here on the screen. Proverbs 24. You don't have to turn there, but it says uh, Proverbs 24:30. I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. Right. As you look at this passage, what 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 hits you? What stands out to you? Any any thoughts, any uh, any comment on this? It wasn't taken care of. OK, good. What's that, Steve? Been going on a while. OK, what was that? Three kids, mom and dad both work. Some of us are going, wow, that sounds like my house. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yes, it could have been nice. David. Good. Good point, Steve. Yeah, it was, uh, one point had value. Now it's worth us, Philip. Right, right. Yep, good point. Aaron, last one. Yeah, <laughs> good point. And then the, the next passage here, the, the writer of this, he says, I saw this, and then he, he made an application. He says, I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. So what's, what's the application that he makes from from seeing this, what what does he say? What do you get from that? Yeah, back there, Sean. Good. You got to in order to be successful, you got to stay active. Got to keep going. Yeah. Okay. A little distraction goes a long way. Yeah, Darren. That's right. There's a cumulative effect to ignoring small things. Andy and then Tom. Yeah, good point. Tom. Good. Yeah, two more. Okay. 
Uh huh. Good point. Laziness guarantees failure. Okay, great, great comments. Yeah, I mean, what I what hit me because I I I looked at the first passage first, just like we did, and then the second passage. But just I I think um, you know a lot of time the guy didn't say you know what I'm just going to let everything go to pot in my you know I'm just going to let everything get wrecked up. He just said I just want a, a little. I just want a little sleep, a little bit of slumber. You know, a little. And I can relate to that. You know, I want a break often. You know, a lot of times I feel like man, I just I'm tired of trying. You know, I'm tired of fighting. I'm trying, tired of giving. I'm tired of stretching. I'm tired of being faithful and, you know, trying to do what's right all the time. Just want a little break, you know. And not that we don't need times to refresh and we need times to spiritually recharge with God. But but we can be I can be like this guy. I can be lazy. And, and like Darren said, there can be a cumulative effect to things. And, and I mean, we can look at this practically like the, the undone things in our home. But I think even with our wives, with our kids, we can kind of let things go. Uh, let them, you know, kind of let things linger. And then pretty soon we got thorns in our marriage. We got, uh, you know, cracked, uh, the, 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 the cracked stone wall when it comes to our kids, you know, because we've let things go. And so that's why it's so important. That we've got to always be improving, always be focused on on these issues. Let's go back here to First Timothy three and dig in a little bit more to the passage here. Are you with me? OK, First Timothy three, verse eight. In the same way, and what it's referring to is the, the qualifications for the elder or overseer right before this. In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. So again, the, the, the word deacon, it, it means a servant. And so this is a, this is a list of qualifications that I believe all of us should aspire to uh, of, of having this kind of describe who we are as men of God. And so just to talk about practicals of home improvement here, I just want to kind of go through a few of these things. We're going to talk about. First of all, it talks about holding to the deep truths of the faith. We're going to talk about your own personal faith. And then he talks about uh, being faithful to his wife. So we're going to talk about that relationship. Then he talks about uh, managing his children. So we're going to talk about uh, managing your children and then finally your household, kind of the whole picture of, of this. So I'm just going to share a few things. These are just some things. Not are, They're not my own wisdom or my own you know, bank of knowledge. It's just I, I was baptized... Uh, in, in the church, I, I grew up in the church. My, my dad is an elder in the, in the New York City church. So I was baptized about 24 years ago. And, uh, you know, I've had the blessing of being able to watch a lot of families uh, in the church. You know, families that made it, families that didn't make it. I've been able to receive a lot of great instruction from a lot of awesome men of God in the, in the, in the faith, as I'm sure you have. And just my, my dad being one of them, you know, he, I feel like he did a lot of the hard work because he, he had a really tough time growing up. And then I benefited from the hard work that he did uh, because he broke a lot of cycles in, in his in his parenting. But um, but so these are just a few things that kind of uh, as I was just thinking about things that I'm always saying in discipling times, you know what I'm saying? Or things that, that, that just come up again and again that, that 
we could just kind of go through a little bit. Just what are some practicals of home improvement when it comes to these areas of our life? And so a lot of these are going to be real practical things that are not going to blow your mind. But it's it's more of, okay. but are you doing it? You know, there's a scripture that says now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Right. So a lot of times it's really putting it into practice that makes a difference. So, first of all, looking at your own faith, it says they must uh, keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. Uh, first of all, just have a quiet time every day. I mean, that is so basic. And yet so many people uh, let that slip. I was talking to a brother a couple of days ago who is, he goes, you know, I just want to make sure you know that kind of in the trenches, a lot of people don't have the conviction to have quiet times every day. And I talked to a lot of people and, and I've watched and I've seen this brother's been around a long time and he has a real conviction about this. He's like, I've seen the people that I know that that fell away because because he was married to someone who fell away from God. And and he, he said it was horrible and it was horrific, but it started with their quiet times. And he said, everyone I see that has fallen away, it always started with their quiet times. And it was one day that didn't have it and then two and then it was four and then it was a week and then it was two weeks of just not having the quiet time. And, and so it's not something that it's a checklist. It's not like, OK, I got to check this off because I want to be able to. It's it's a it's a connection. It's a relationship with God. It's it's a power source. You know, the Bible talks about being like a tree that puts out its roots by a stream. So you're you're getting that connection to God that that you need that I need. Jesus Christ, as he walked on the earth, you see him walking with God every day. He gets out early in the morning to go pray. He, he gets away from the crowds to get time with God. He's he's devoted in daily relationship with God. And if he needed that. How much more do you and I need that? We've got to have a quiet time every day. So think about what 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 gets you going? What gets your motor going? You know, I like to go to special places. I like to go to the cliffs of PV. I like to go to the beach. I like, to, you know, have certain spots that I go to. I have this prayer spot on a hill by my house. A lot of, of you have been there with me and my kids and I, we call it the Mount of the Lord's Blessing because it's just this dome shaped mountain that looks over our, our neighborhood. We like to go up there. My dog. Now I go up there with my dog all the time. He loves it up there. But, you know, sometimes I just feel better just walking there. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm feeling burdened. I'm feeling uh, and I just get there to my prayer spot. And then suddenly I just feel so much better. And I hardly even started praying. But it's just because I, I have that spot to go to. Maybe, uh, you know, you need a journey with God to go, go on a, a prayer drive out, out to the desert or something. But whatever is going to get you excited about your walk with God to, to renew it, to get it going again. I think having a having a reading plan is is really important. It can be anything, you know, studying the, the, the letters of Paul or going through the book, of, uh, the, the, uh, the books of, of the, the Old Testament, like the minor prophets, those books we don't normally read that much. Or, but just something that, that, you know, you have a plan uh, for a while. You know, I bought the Bible on CD for a while. I was listening to the Bible on CD and it's cool when you listen to the Bible, you can listen to, you know, 12 chapters in a short amount of time. So you kind of get a different feel for, for these different books, because normally when we read, we read two or three chapters. When you listen, you listen in the 12 chapters, you just kind of get a different feel. And that's the way these letters were written. They were written to be read to somebody. So you get a different thing. But figure out what is going to excite you. Maybe get a new spiritual book or something. But I hope you have some kind of plan. Right now I'm reading through the Bible chronologically. And, and uh, you know, I'm just getting done with jo- the book of Joshua. And I'm, I'm loving it. It's just great because I have a plan. So have some kind of plan, a prayer journal. If you don't have a prayer journal, these are great to, to just write down your thoughts, write down what you're going through. You can go back and, and look at, at what God did by looking back at your prayer journal. Uh, you can write down uh, 
prayers that, that, that you're asking God for. I, a lot of times when I'm feeling burdened, I'll just make a big list of all the things I'm feeling anxious about in my prayer journal. And then it's so cool to look at that and, and see how God works. And go, wow, I remember when I was feeling... Because otherwise you forget sometimes, you know, the crises that you're going through, the things you're, you, that, that you're doing. You have some kind of prayer plan, a prayer list. I appreciate Calvin's always uh, writing prayers into his, you know, his phone and, and he keeps his prayer list with him on his, on, on his hip, you know. Uh, on his bionic hip. <laughs> but, uh, you know, have some kind of plan when it comes to your quiet times. Uh, have deep discipling times. You know, I think this is an area where we can have just kind of a maintenance or a crisis management, usually, uh, mentality. Like, okay, well, I have discipling times as needed. You know, you heard that? I have discipling times as needed. Usually that means if, if we have a big fight, if I have a big fight with my wife, then I'll get somebody else in there so they can get her in trouble. <laughs> so I can get help with her because she's the problem, you know. And, and, you know, and you, we can have that approach to discipling, like as needed. If I need to get with a couple, we'll get with a couple. But guys, again, we wouldn't treat our car like that. We don't treat our home like that. Our, our spirituality, we need, we need to grow. We need to, to build it. And, and so we need to have uh, a regular time with somebody. And I encourage you to have some kind of slot where you get with somebody. Everyone in the church, we want to have somebody they get with regularly to talk about how they're doing. 